This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 190, recorded on October 23rd, 2014. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all your favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in Bellevue, Nebraska. And we post the show, of course, with world-class show notes out at TheAverageGuy.tv. If you have questions, comments, or contributions, you can contact the show. Send me an email, Jim at, uh, or Jim, yeah, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv, or you can find me on Twitter at Collison. Now you can call in those questions as well if you want to call them in, 402-478-8450, and that'll be in the show notes if you want to do it. Just call it in, leave a message, and uh, we'll play it right here on the show. And now Home Gadget Geeks is a part of the Geeks Network. Find links to this show and many other great podcasts out at thegeeksnetwork.com. Join us in chat, watch us watch or listen live on YouTube or on Spreaker, and you can catch all the navigation over at TheAverageGuy.tv. All right, well, we've got a full Windows in Windows 10 uh, show tonight. It's one of those things that I wanted to give it a couple, three, four, five, six weeks, whatever that is in that, with to get kind of let all the all the stuff that goes on around the launch and the preview and everybody's writing stuff like crazy, and I kind of let, let some things shake out. And so we're going to talk a little Windows 10. I know a lot of folks have. But I've got two guys uh, in here tonight that uh, that can really talk about it, and uh, so let's first introduce and and new to the podcast. Uh, we've never had him on before, although I've podcasted him with him before. Rich Hay from Windows Observer. Rich, how are you? I'm doing very well, Jim. Thanks. Yeah, it's good to have you on. And of course, you have your own podcast as well, um, Observed Tech, right? That's correct. Yeah, weekly podcast. Yeah, and 150 shows. Congratulations on Thank that. You. That uh, it's. It. You know, it's a lot of work to pump yes, out a podcast yeah. every single week. It has taken me, let's see, I've been retired from the Navy for three years. I started the show two years. It's taken me almost five years to get to 150 shows. Yeah, so. yeah. It's yeah, it's 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 crazy. And you're pretty much, do you, you pretty much get them every week or is it yeah, 50 there, out of 52? Unless there's a unique situation, it's a weekly show. Okay, comes out at the beginning of the week. Talk a lot of Windows news, tech news in general, but tends to focus very strongly towards Microsoft stuff. Yeah, good stuff. So if you're a Microsoft guy and you want another podcast that you can listen to around that, uh, Observe Tech, search for that or head out to windowsobserver.com and all his information. Rich, uh, welcome. And then old friend of the show and been around a lot and uh, my best friend in Canada, John Zadler. John, how are you? Wow, what an introduction. Thanks, Jim. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I've been playing around with uh, Windows 8, and uh, it's uh, it's a good time. I, today, uh, like I said uh, earlier, I'm uh, installing the 9860 build, and, I, and just before that, I actually did a refresh of the uh, the 9841. I did that, you know, that built-in part called a refresh. So we'll talk about that later, how that went. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Rich, let's dive right into it. Uh, John mentioned 9860. That's the upgrade that's that's out and up. I saw you had some stuff on your side about it. Um, it and we'll come back to the 41 build, but uh, talk a little bit. I, you have a whole, in one of your posts, you've got kind of a chronology. Not a, not necessarily a long update, but uh, what's going right. on in that update? Yeah. Well, would you believe it's been just three weeks since they released the first build of Windows right. 10 technical preview, and we already have a significant update in our hands. And that's yeah. well, two days ago. I, 
it, it's a it's an element of Microsoft that we've never seen at this kind of pace over the years, especially with Windows. You know, because Windows back in the beta days, you used to test it. It was it was a year and a half, two years of testing before it hit the streets and became public and first service pack, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But in this, since Windows 8, really. Uh, Microsoft and Windows Phone, they started to iterate stuff much quicker. We see updates now on apps every week. We see, and here we are, what, three weeks after the release of a technical preview, which really is, could be a day-to-day system. 9841 was very solid. I used it as a daily driver. We've got 9860, which visually is not a massive change, but uh, what I think the post that they wrote was 7,000 under the hood differences and changes that were incorporated in that. Mm-hmm. The, the feedback level that they're getting for this build of Windows. In fact, during today's Microsoft's earnings call, Satya Nadella call, referred to it as the 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 version of Windows will be the most collaborative version of Windows ever because of the way they're taking the feedback and getting the feedback, both from telemetry, which they've been doing since Windows 7, but also people. Uh, over a quarter million pieces of feedback have been fed into them through just the, the app they have there in Windows 10. It's unreal, and it's a solid OS. Um, in my opinion, this is what Windows 8 should have been. I, I think Windows 8, although I've loved Windows 8 and I've used Windows 8 from day one, I think Windows 10 is going to bring together elements that everybody really liked from Windows 7 and some elements of Windows 8, 8.1, and put them together in a, in a system that's going to recognize your hardware. You know, it's, it's going to be touch knowledgeable or non-touch and adapt itself to that. And I think what they're doing now should have been done two years ago. I mean, really. We would not have the, the impression of Windows 8 that's out there now, the hate, you know, even though people never used it, rather than... I think this if they'd have come out with this, we wouldn't be talking in the same way, I don't think. Yeah, but you know what? It's done at this point. Yeah. And oh, yeah, that's history. And, and they're getting really good reviews. Rich, let me ask you, what have you installed it on so far? What what I kind of hardware are you doing VM? I've done two hardware installs, dual booting it on uh, my podcaster PC, which is the PC I'm on now, but I'm not on Windows 10. I'm actually on Windows 7. I'm running it dual boot on my big desktop with the dual monitor which is where I work from every day and I did a virtual machine install as well but apparently this 9860 build is having some issues with upgrading in a virtual machine from what I was reading but so I've run it on a couple different pieces of hardware okay and John what are you running in the you, you're you're upgrading to 40 or you you installed 41 at this point right yeah I had originally started with uh, well Windows 8 then the 8.1 and then I did the, I installed the technical preview but with Windows 8.1 I had installed I bought that um, the media center media pack, pack. Uh, yeah so we had media center built in and one of the things after you know I noticed in the in the uh, in the technical preview they still had that option where you could you know anytime was like anytime upgrade or something like that you could put in your key and and then it went and so it, that functionality was still there where it installed the media center but then the story online was that uh, uh, you wouldn't get any windows updates for the technical preview which I did get but the problem I didn't get was now when this new build became available, uh, one of the options in the in their menu is they say you know like check for a preview build, and that would uh, error out. So the only way to uh, to clear that out is uh, I said you know what let me do one of those new thing that's in, you know came to Windows 8 was the refresh where you can you know reinstall your OS either completely or with your app still there. So I said yeah okay try that refresh. And that that came through wonderful. I was I was surprised how how clean it was. All my apps, like not just my software, there, not just like the apps from the store, 
like I had the Office 2010 installed there and some server stuff and whatever. All that stuff just came up nicely. So now I was back to the Windows 10, like the original uh, 9841. And then I, when I click now on the preview um, for the pre preview build, the newer one, that one uh, is started installing. So in a way, I was able to go back, even though I have a home server with all my you know backups and stuff like that to save me on a you know in case I mess something up. It was nice to see that uh, that even though I installed the Media Center um, app, I was able to recover from that. So it's good. Rich, do you know, uh, so 4.1 is, is the, the original preview. Is That's that correct. still the only one available on TechNet or, you know, out there to download? That do I have correct. to download that one first and then upgrade to 6.0? Is that what you I need do. to do? If you, if you did not start with 98.41, you have to go out and get 98.41 and install that ISO, which is available from the Windows Insider website, and then do the in in OS upgrade to 9860 and and it makes sense that they're pushing this what they say a million people have signed up for the preview so this is this is the method Windows is going to update it within the future and it's certainly during the technical preview you're going to be able to check that spot that that uh, John was talking about about check for a new preview build and it finds it and it's called a Delta upgrade so it only downloads the elements that have been changed in the OS now this was a big Delta upgrade. It was like two, two and a half gigabytes of uh, a program to be downloaded, and they need to clean up that interface a little bit. I I think um, they don't give you a good indicator of the download except for the spinning dots. So they um, you don't get a progress indicator to say how far things are along. And for some that might freak them out, and they might want to restart. And in fact, during the 9860 upgrade there's a moment, the first reboot, you go to black screen and the computer does not come completely on but the lights are on and it's working on the hard drive and about two minutes later it reboots back to a screen and that's a little disconcerting when you give your OS over to an upgrade but it went well and it took me 45 minutes, you were talking about that post I did, it took me 45 minutes from to start the download of 9860 and be back on my desktop working with all my stuff in place nothing missing. It was extremely smooth for a technical preview to do that upgrade in place. I'm showing right now on the screen, so if you go to Update and Recovery and the Windows 10 Preview, and, and since I've already upgraded, it's going to look a little bit different, but this is where you go, where it says Preview Builds. That's right. If you select on that, we're going to talk about some of the new options that are there, so we'll hold that for a little bit later. But okay. that's where you'll see it right there. It'll say Update Build, and you click on that, it's going to download it and, re and install everything that's for That's right. Now, there's a default setting in 9841 that if you don't get that cue, let's say you're not somebody who just follows this and wasn't bated breath yesterday or day before waiting for 9860 to hit, it will do an update at 2 a.m. in the morning and download it and do the update and reboot the computer. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, it's coming. And it's it's we'll talk some more about it. But you know, just a little preview to that. I mean, this is what's cool. This is a this is a modern what we're looking at is a modern uh, interface here. That's right. And yeah, yeah. you can click it into a window. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, kind of coming up here, so let's hold off on that and 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 bring it back. Okay, so uh, let's dive in a little bit on 41. I'll just talk about what came with with window, the Windows 10 preview, and of course, uh, everyone uh, was anticipating this, and that's the new Start menu. Um, Rich, talk a little bit about. You've probably talked more about this than any of us at this point. Talk a little bit about the new Start menu. What that means to you. Well, you know, in Windows 8, when Windows 8 first came out, the, the thing that really threw a lot of people was the start screen, is that whether you were on touch hardware or non-touch hardware, you, you got that start screen as your default. There was no other choice. 
And although that start screen was very functional with the mouse and keyboard, many people saw that more as a touch interface. So it wasn't until 8.1 that the option came that we could default boot to desktop. So what they've done here, and many people will recognize this, that left side of that new start menu in Windows 10 is very Windows 7-ish. Uh, it's got the search block. Now, most of us probably used Windows 7 in the same exact way. We'd hit the Windows key, type in the name of the program we were looking for, and when it appeared in the search, just like you're doing right there, we would go to the, the program. Very rarely, I might have a few shortcuts on my taskbar or desktop, but that's how I found most of the software I wanted to use on Windows 7. When Windows 8 came, there was no visual clue to that. So, but as we know, Windows 8, you just start typing on the start screen and it happened. And I showed many people at Best Buy when I was working there as a Microsoft consultant who would say, oh, I hate Windows 8. Don't you have something else? And I'd show them a few things like searching the start screen and that would ease their calms, uh, concerns a lot. But what they've done here is they've melded the two. So you've got your Windows 7 style menu, which is completely configurable. The, uh, the top, uh, the very top thing where your name is, you've got the option there to click on the power button and you'll get your sleep shutdown restart. If you click on your name, your username, you actually get the log off change account picture that we used to get in the top right of the start menu on Windows 8. So you have those options there. And then the next segment down is configurable. Those are items you can pin there. So if you were, say, down in the lower part, yeah, there you go, you can pin it to start, taskbar, or remove it from there. And then down here, you've got your all apps and recently used stuff. So this stuff, um, the the yeah, you can pin from here. You can uninstall just like we could on the start screen. So you have a lot of options here to get stuff to your start. So if you pin to start right now, it's going to appear on the right side in this configurable start menu. Grab that. You can drag it around. You can configure this however you want. And then if you grab the top of this whole menu window, yeah, you can change the size of the uh, tiles as well and make it fit the way you want it to fit. Uh, and these are still live. So these tiles are just like on the Windows 8 and 8.1 start screen. They, they dynamically update as you, they're displayed. Now, if you grab the top of that menu uh, window there, Jim, and grab uh, the top, all the way at the top, like yeah. you're grabbing the edge of the window. Hmm. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, now you can drag, and you can make it tall. You can bring it down and make it wide. You can't do the side. The only option is up and down there. There you go. Oh, there you so go. Okay. now the only issue I really have right now with this is that when you when you click into the desktop, for instance, that goes away. So you lose your live tiles. You don't have them visible. I actually wrote a post a couple weeks ago uh, that live tiles should become the new gadgets. That we should be able to pin a live That's tile. That's a good idea. Desktop. As we do, remember gadgets in Windows. Yeah, Vista. oh yeah, they were over here on the on the right hand side. You bet. And Windows 7 allowed you to actually not have to have them in that bar. So it's extremely configurable, just like 8 and 8.1 was. But it brings back the familiarity I think that a lot of people like that Windows 7 had, and it's not that jarring kind of, uh, you know, start screen right in your face the minute you hit the Windows key. You're actually getting something more familiar. Um, and so I think this is going to be more attractive to people, and, and this is all about the enterprise. This is all about the corporations and getting them to upgrade to the next version of the OS because they didn't want to go with the start screens and stuff like that. Um, and then the other thing I was thinking of was um, the fact that the option is there that you could choose right now. It would force you to log out, but you could right-click the taskbar and make the start screen your default. Um, or And so... 
and it's going to have this thing called Continuum. They demoed this during the Windows 10 event in San Francisco that if it, you're if you tap the screen, it will prompt you, do you want to go to touch mode? And if you put a keyboard on and you start typing or using a mouse, it will prompt you if you want to go to non-touch mode. That's a great it's idea. It defaults. And again, that's exactly what I think Windows 8 should have been a little more. That's what people expected. People expected it to adjust to the hardware that it was on. So I, I think it's terrific what they've done and where they're headed with this. I'm really excited. It's a very much a mishmash of our Windows 8 experience, 8.1. And so you don't have all of your interface there. It's very much a rough build, although it's very usable. Yeah, John. Any thoughts on Start for you? Anything in there that you're you're glad or you, you that you, you know you you like in there? Well, I like the idea where it gives you like in when Windows Seven, you know, sometimes you're you're saying I'm looking for something. Where is you know like disk cleanup or something? And you know, you're kind of well again habits, right? I mean, your habits can always change to be new habits. But like the old habit was like you know, you went to Windows Seven, you went to accessories, the system tools, and you found what you were looking for. But when they came out with Windows, you know, eight and eight point one, it's like, uh, you know, how do I find those? Do I find them on the start screen? You start menu. Did I? There was a little down arrow. You had to click there and kind of look for it. But obviously, the easiest trick is like we said before, is the uh, is just start typing. Microsoft, that should have been the, their new logo when they came out with Windows 8. Should have been just start typing, like hit yeah. the you know the Windows key and just start typing what what it is, you know uh, whatever uh, voice recognition or cl disk cleanup or just start typing. My sister, she had bought, she's in her late 60s and she uh, she was always going from Windows XP machine, right? So you know that's like embedded in her head for the past 40 years, or uh, however long Microsoft had that one, you know, and. Uh, then she went to a Windows 8 machine, so it's like, uh, can you put XP on there or whatever? And it's like, look, just you know, hit the Windows key and start, you know, typing what it is you're looking for, email or or uh, you know, note or whatever, and and the stuff will come up. And then and also, what's nice is for I think these Metro apps, people maybe uh, who are getting older and you're having a hard time seeing, you know, it's like it's nice when the mail app is so large and some of these apps, you know, they're big, you know, so it seems a little bit easier and they're less, you know, complicated, less, you know, graphics and and you know, uh, you know, to to shock these older people and stuff or you know maybe uh, any anybody, it's it's more simple, you know. So uh, I, I like the fact and like you had mentioned is is the uh, is here I think Microsoft because of their event that they did uh, uh, last month there is. Uh, you know, they they because they want to push this uh, you know the new build to uh, enterprise and people are used to the Windows 7 or Windows XP with that start start menu. So I guess that's why all that traffic is kind of is kind of going there. So you know they're bringing that back. So I, I like I, I like it and I like some of the other little candies that they're they're throwing at us now too. Yep. Let's in fact, you just had something pop up on the screen in the lower right corner. It was a little blue notification that said, how do you like switching between modern apps and desktop apps? That's how Microsoft is collecting feedback on this build. In fact, right there it is. And yep. you're showing off one of the additions to the 9860 build, and that's a notification center now for Windows. If you've been on a phone, whether it be an Android or an Apple or Windows phone now with 8.1, you've got a notification center. That that pop-up popped up and disappeared before we got a chance to talk about it. You were able to go back to Notification Center and see what you missed. So now if you click on that, it will open up Windows Feedback and it will ask you the question. And this is how Microsoft's collecting feedback. As you do different things, it's triggering this for a quick data collection. Did you like it? Did you not like it? So you can select any one of those buttons about switching using modern apps on your desktop and many of you may have noticed and then it will ask you for more info if you have more info 
but it's windowed. It's not taking up the whole screen. So now you can overlay windows with modern apps in Windows 8 and 8.1. Modern apps could be split and share the screen, but they could never overlay or anything like that. And now these are like windows in normal, um, in the normal Windows 7 style of windows. You know what I find surprising there is, I don't know if it's just my build, is like when I say, uh, when I try to um, uh, put those uh, modern apps there on the desktop, I can only shrink them a, a, like a bit. I can't bring them, you know, uh, what is it, horizontal? Horizontally, I can't shrink them, like resize them, you know? I can yeah, resize I them. I some issues with the display down. stuff as well, and I don't know whether that's just a hardware limitation drivers that just aren't there for Windows 10 or whether it's, a, you know, an actual issue with the build, but one thing to remember is that all these apps that we're downloading in the Windows Store, although they're universal, some, they are going to need some tweaking because of the newer OS and stuff like that as well. So there's going to be those kind of hiccups. I think like the command prompt window, I got a buddy online who said he can make it full screen, but I couldn't get it to go more than half the screen. So if you do command.com or search for command... Oh, I'm on the wrong keyboard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta yeah, especially, I heard something about that. I heard about that uh, command.com. Like uh, apparently you can do cut and paste. Now right? cut and paste. Before, before you couldn't yeah. do it f with the. Uh, you could not do cut and paste. You always had to go in and right click and do paste. Now you can do it with Control V, Control C. You right inside the, the right inside the screen there, right? Yeah, from inside. So uh, you know, even though command prompts getting an update in here. Yeah, and so we can. We'll just show that here real quick. Yeah, we all want our little Windows XP, uh, you know, <laughs> history lessons. There, go back to. There you go. To, Control okay. V used to not used to have to right click in that window and choose paste. Mm. You couldn't do it with a keyboard shortcut. Yeah, oh, very cool. So well, we kind of so we covered some snap improvements in that, right? I've been snapping oh, the windows around. Um, anything? So we we brought two screens up there, and I snapped them side to side that way to get right. that one. Are there other options for me now? Um, well, it will do a quad. Um, if you have enough, one of the things that we'll do, so so let, keep that app open. Open up like the Windows Store and, and one other modern app um, just to have something open there. And uh, let's see. Oh, another modern I, app. Hold on. Let me, is IE considered a modern app? Uh, no, it's not. not. There is no modern version of IE in the Windows okay, 10 technical we'll close that. There is no full screen. In 9841, there was a cheat that you could get the full screen. But in 9860, it's gone. Okay, so, so I've got four so open. So if you take one and snap it, okay. Now these uh, two minimize everything snapped. else. Minimize everything else. All right. So if you minimize everything, and you could have still done that on the taskbar as well. That old function still there for right-click, minimize all, or show. Oh dead yeah, dead. or back here too. Um, okay. But if you if you pull up one of those modern apps, like the food and drink one, and you grab the title bar and drag that to one side of the window, and let it go. Why didn't it prop up the... Uh, normally what it was doing is it will pop up on the other side the rest of your apps to give you a choice for uh, oh, snapping them. I don't know why time. yours isn't doing that. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, what will happen is, is if you grab, it will automatically pop up everything else that's open and let you choose what you want to share. Oh, that's kind of your alt tab, right? Right, that's the new... That's kind of this new um, yeah, that's the options task view, that, right, is what they're calling. That's right. It's called yeah. Task View, and you see the added desktop here. You now have the ability to add additional workspaces. They're not so much virtual desktops as they're simply workspaces. So you can have 
one screen set up for work kind of browsing or you can have one set up for personal and you can easily when you do alt tab it will cycle through everything that's open on every desktop and the animation they added in 9860 is kind of cool so if you open up an extra desktop okay, hold on I gotta figure out how to do that again uh, hit the little you can hit the button over here on the left by the search right. yeah that one okay so I've got three open one of the other, yeah switch to one of the other desktops Unfortunately, right now, you can't move apps between desktops. Ah, all right. I'll point out a couple things. You see the light bar that's at the bottom of those icons on the taskbar? Down here? That yeah, that indicates that there, that app is open on another desktop. If you were to click one of those, it will switch. So go ahead and see it switched back to your... Are you running this in a virtual machine? No, it's on a laptop. It is, okay. Mm -hmm. um, so now go back. Uh, you got to go back to your desktop because you didn't open an app there. So do the, yeah, no. do over here. Yeah, I'm pointing at my screen. Like yeah, I know. Um, like the, the two little tiles that are stacked on top of each other next to Chrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over on the there we go. There we I go. mean, okay. I use I gotta, most, uh, what is I got to get used uh, to that. Now, on this desktop, yep. which is blank. Which one? Oh, the blank one here? Just pick the blank one. Yep. I open up an app here, so don't open up one you've already opened, because something I learned, if Internet Explorer is open on one desktop and you're on another desktop and click a link, it shifts to that desktop, which I think they should change. So now your people are there, right? So you can open that up. Well, it's it's there, but it's not. It's no, like it's, it may be just not compatible well with. Yeah, yeah. So here we are in the preview, right? Yeah, that's part of the preview. This is part of the beautiful preview. Perfection. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can open Internet Explorer there, actually. Since There you go. So now, if you were to hit Alt-Tab, all right, oh, now you're starting that. to do everything that's open everywhere, and you can easily switch desktops and apps and stuff like that, and it will let you move between them no matter which desktop it's on. The Alt-Tab, the new task view, will let you switch through everything that's open on your computer. Now, granted, if you open up five or six desktops with a bunch of stuff running and you don't have a real powerful system, this is not going to be a good experience. Yeah, I can feel but my CPU running. I, I, mean, I can say, feel the heat coming out of the I find it pretty nifty. I run a dual monitor setup, so as I'm playing with this during the day and I'm working, I actually use one desktop for the browsers I have open connected to our headquarters in Sioux City, Iowa for the help desk and our key manager and things like that, and I have another one open up with my personal stuff on it that I keep up with during the day and it works really well. And how and many desktops can I get going at a time? You know, I don't know what if there's a max or something like that. John, do you know? No, I haven't played around with it. Tried. I haven't tried to max it out and see what it does. No, that's I interesting. I, I would assume that the physical limit would be the capabilities of the system. I but I don't know that it I don't know that it kicks you off and it stops at a certain number. I mean, you've got how many going there now? 1 2 3 I have 4 now. Yeah, I have four going. And will it let you add another one? Let's try. That plus sign? Yeah, I'm sure. There's there's a fifth. Oh, there's five. One. Well, one, two, three, three four, four five. five. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, five desktops. So so they're they're basically just more space to put stuff and not have them on the same screen. Um, and what's great is no matter which desktop you're on, if the app is open on another desktop, you'll get that little kind of highlighted bar below it, like the Internet Explorer icon has got. And if you click it, it will take you to that workspace, that desktop. Yeah, no, that part works. It's as if you're on one great big desktop. They're just they're not all on your screen at the same time. Yeah, I like that concept. It's no. so when this was rumored. They thought virtual desktops. Everybody was thinking virtual desktops like virtual PC. 
but it's actually just just a workspace and a space to hold apps that are run. They still run. Everything still functions. You just you access them as you need them. Yeah. No. Very cool. All right. Well, so then if I want to get rid of those, so say I start shutting, uh, well, not save. So I yeah, start, if you hit that little that task out. view button again, I think that's how you, you do it. And you, I, and you, yeah, there's your X. Just go so down you, and it's not unlike closing wow. windows for previews on the taskbar. The, and then it shows you the preview. So when that's I scroll right. over it, it shows you the preview of that window. That's right. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty nice. Pretty neat. It's a pretty nifty thing. I, I, I can see where this would be very useful for people who are doing multiple tasks and like to have their things kind of cleaned and separated. Especially, I've been on dual screens for so long that I, I've always worked with two basically two desktops. But for a lot of people who are single desktops or let's say Surface, it, there's something to be said for having extra desktops with everything maximized that you just quickly alt-tab through and grab what you're working on. Yeah, you know, it's funny because it took me, as we were talking about that, it took me about 35 to 60 seconds to kind of like, oh, okay, where is stuff, you know, when right. you start doing it. And right. now it's like, okay, I just come over here, pop, you know, click on that. Um, and and I, you know what? Let me check something real quick because they talked about uh, keyboard shortcuts in one of the preview, uh, one of the uh, blogs. And I, I can't remember if there's a tech. Uh, keyboard shortcut. Let me look real quick. Okay. I can't remember if there's a keyboard shortcut for op making a new desktop. I'm sure there will be. John or uh, Rich, while John or John, while Rich is looking for that, um, you've messed with Server 10 to this point. Any right? You've installed the the, the technical preview of Server 10. That's right. Yeah. And the UI certainly doesn't have all this stuff in it right now. Uh, yeah. It? Well, it has the same thing. The only thing is the. Uh, is if you log in with the administrator, you don't get the uh, the metro stuff. You know, the the metro, like like we said before, with the start menu, you know how you have right. those metro apps on on the on the right side. Well, they're not there. They're uh, but if you do log in as an as a as a user, you create user accounts and then you log in as a user, then those those apps will be there. So because you know, like we've said the other day, is uh, you know, some like these metro apps they don't tend, they don't they don't really make sense on on the server. So it's like let's try to like you know. Uh, get rid of it, or slowly get rid of it, or just make it like something in the background, and uh, and go from there. But uh, yeah, it's uh, and then they got they don't have like the you would have to add like what they call the desktop experience if you want to be able to have the you know like the my computer icon on the de on the because I think if you go into your desktop and you right click and it says personalized, then you can say which which uh, tabs you want there like my computer recycling bin user files and a few of those. Uh, some of that stuff is not there uh, with the server because you know it's basically a server is not meant to be like your you know full on you know use it as a as a monitor that you're interacting with. It's just go to the server to do server stuff. But if you but I saw that they did allow me to install the uh, the desktop experience. So cool. Rich, did yeah, you find I found that? that. Um, it's actually one of the links from October 3rd, just a couple days after the first preview version came out. But there is, you can do Win, Windows key, Control, and D to create a new virtual desktop. They're calling it virtual desktop. And if you wanted to close what you're on, you just do Windows Control F4. Okay, hold on. Uh, let's let's and actually And then they've got switching is the Wind Control left or right, so you can switch through desktops that way, or you can use the little shortcut button they've put on the taskbar. So, so let's, let's go back. Hold on, hold that, because I, okay. I, we, we've got. Let's get on a desktop here. Yep. So you're on a desktop there. Right. So if I'll, you were to we'll do up. Windows Control and D, 
And there's your new desktop. There's your new desktop, and you can see the apps that are open. And you'll still get previews. So if you were to hover over those, you still see the preview of the app and be able to interact with the app. And if you clicked on it, it would take you to that other desktop. Um, now, if you wanted to go back to the desktop that you just created, you oh, could hold do on Windows key, Control, and then left or right, and it will switch you between those without having to go through that little icon. So ah, you, there you go. So there's a so keyboard junkies, they are giving you lots of love in Windows 10. And that's not like left and right. That'll just continue to cycle through. It'll just know, cycle, yeah, you know, but if you've got multiple ones, it will work from left to right, I think, depending right. on what you started with. So it's like to the left, to the left, to the left. <laughs> uh, it's a bad joke. Um, oh, cool. And what was the third one? There was another key. key um, to close a virtual desktop. So if you're on a virtual desktop, so if you go to that other one you had, so if you do the Windows, yeah, there you go. So if you were to do um, Windows key, Control, F4. Now that's a combination. Yeah. F4? <laughs> And because you know Alt F4 is basically close a window. Um, yeah, in fact, people sometimes we'll tell people yeah, that I guess it works. Cut to do something and make them close out of an app. Mm -hmm. But uh, so that one works as well. And then how did you get that right there? Oh, you're you're actually in Alt View, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Alt Tab. Yeah. I just. So uh, it's handy. Right now, you can't modify those two keys on the left, the search and the desktop one. They're kind of permanent, it seems. There's a lot of people that are hoping that they give those as options because keyboard junkies won't like them taking up the taskbar space. Uh, and some people like to have those little shortcuts there. Oh, down here. So this, yeah, the, down on the left. You can't do, if you right-click on those two icons, you can't do anything with them. You can't unpin them. You can't... That one and this one. Yeah, all you can do is switch between them. And now that search is interesting because, as you might know, in Windows 8 and 8.1, there was a built-in system search added. Uh, I think it was as part of 8.1. This is the same thing. It does a system search and a uh, internet search. So those are yeah. There you go. So you're you're actually not in modern IE here. You're simply in the search app, which is basically uh, rendering in an yeah. IE window. I was gonna say it looks an awful lot browse like anywhere that. else. You can browse in the search options, but so if you were to click the one of those links, it opens up IE. Well, and in this case, I have Chrome installed, so it's oh, just Chrome is your default, whatever your default browser is. Yep. So, yep. but that window that you were just searching in is a render from IE. Okay. What is this missing in the that. preview right now is modern IE. And 9841, there was a PowerShell cheat that you could do to run a full screen um, uh, browser. In 9860, that's gone. It's broke. So I do hope it's coming. I, not that it's coming back. For me, and can you open up File Explorer? I'll show you this. This is, um, this is a lot of hope. That's that third. There you go. Yeah. Check this out. Um, when you maximize that, can you bring? Uh, where's your uh, your? It's not displaying the uh, the menu. The uh, so if you yeah, how do you, there you go. So um, if you sh make that, can you pin that? Yeah, over on the right-hand side under the X, there's a pin to make that stay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what you're seeing here is this new thing, this recent files down below. That shows you all the recent, that's kind of like if you, as if you were looking, this is stuff you've recently accessed, which I like a lot. A lot of people are complaining about this, quote-unquote, privacy-wise. But click on one of those text files and just highlight it. Don't double-click it to open it. Um, where is it gone? Oh, there you go. Click on the share tab up at the top. 
So this is a, a what would be over on the left. On the left share. Yeah, by home up up. Up by home oh, share. File home no, share. You're right. Gotcha. Yep. Look, there's a share icon in a desktop program. So if you click on that, ah, it's we've seen this before. Charm, which yeah. eventually is going to go away. This is one of the things that is not going to remain as it is in Windows 10 eventually. But there's a share app. Share Charm in a desktop program, and for me, I've always wanted that in 8.1. I don't know about you, John, but I've always wanted to be able to share from desktop. I prefer desktop IE, but to get links to my OneNote that I do for my podcast, I got to use the Share Charm, which is only available through modern IE, and that's missing right now. But I think this is an indication that sharing is going to be integrated across the board. It won't matter whether you're in a modern app or you're in a desktop program. Sharing is going to be available, which well, I think nice. That'd be very nice. I think that's awesome. Yeah, cool. Well, excellent. Sharing is now, nice. Keyboard shortcut: Windows key and C. Jim, mm -hmm. you Ooh. can still get to the charms bar, but okay. if you were to mouse up there to the top right or bottom right as you normally would have, you won't get those. Mm -hmm. So let's turn that off. It can't be activated by the so mouse. Now I will show you there. this. Open up one of your modern apps just to look at, uh, like your. Uh, we'll open the store. Where so is it? what oh, they've here, done we'll here, and this is kind of where the future is headed, is you can see you've got the new title bar across the top, and over on the left there are three little dots, which we've all become accustomed to, right? Windows Phone uses three dots to indicate a menu. Mm -hmm. This is this looks very familiar to that charms bar. You got app commands. If you were to click app commands, it'll open up the bar across the bottom. Ah. All yeah. right. So there's that. Go back to the dots again. Um, search will bring up the search on the charms bar. Mm -hmm. Share will bring up the share charms bar. You have print. If you had a printer configured, um, you could project this immediately to a projection device. Settings will open up the charms bar, and then you can go full screen still. So you can actually get rid of the, the Chrome, the Chrome being the, the kind of navigation around it, and make it full screen once again. This is again where I where I think most modern apps are going to go, and some eventually that Charms bar on the right side is going to disappear as we know it. It's like the Charms have all been moved into this menu, right? Exactly. And right now, clicking on one of them, say click on Share, for instance, it will open up the share charm on the right oh, side. Sorry, of the screen, I clicked on the wrong one. Or the search charm. <laughs> yeah. In the future, that's going to be different because they say that's going away. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. I don't want to lose my shareability. I, I, I tell yeah. you what, I use that shareability daily, multiple times, especially when I'm browsing topics and I'm looking for stuff for the podcast. I send stuff to OneNote, and I use that share charm, especially with IE, a lot. So yeah. Very cool. Now, I, I love, I, I, Rich, I, this is what I love. I love having this control on the desktop in these modern apps. I agree. Close I it mean, out. and, and Yeah. 8.1, but it was still a full screen app, and you had to mouse up there to get that uh, kind of title bar to drop down, so you had the minimum. And the X button. Now, have you tried Windows 10 on any touch device at all to this not. point? I don't have a touch device to try it on. Yeah, then I think uh, after Summit, I've been saving my money for Summit to see what, what's gonna, what kind of deals they were going to offer us, and then I really want to get some kind of full touch device uh, mm -hmm. to use, and then I'll, I'll pair it with my Bluetooth keyboard and you know carry it with me as kind of a right. tablet slash 
um, laptop. I just haven't decided what I'm going to do. You know, I'm eyeing the Surface. Let's talk about the Surface with you real quick uh, because you, you, you're talking about your Surface earlier. Where are you at with the Surface 3 at this point, at least either an opinion or have you, have you tried it? Do you own it? Those kinds of things. I, I've not bought one. Um, I've certainly been in the store and tried them out um, and talked to a lot of people and read. You know, I'm on a Surface 2, which I absolutely love. It's a and great Pro or the Surface device. 2? Huh? The, the RT version. Surface right? 2, the RT version. And it's an excellent companion device, and I travel with it. I can do my job on it full-time if I needed to. Um, Surface Pro 3, it's been it had some growing pains, although today's Microsoft's financials, they, they announced $908 million in revenue from Surface, and that's all Surfaces. So that's the Pro 3 to the original Pro, the RT versions. So in one quarter, $908 million, they showed their first profit on Surface uh, ever. So uh, the Surface Pro 3, look at what they did three weeks ago. They went to Adobe Max. Satya Nadella was there with the president of Adobe, and they showed off some of these features, and they handed one to every person that was there at the Adobe Max conference. And they say that was the biggest cheer that went up. Now, creatives have always kind of been tied to Max, to Apple products. Everybody who does photos or creativity stuff is always on a Mac, right? Well, here's a group of people who have been using those that. Apple hardware for so long, and they're getting their hands on these Surface Pro 3s. Now, they've had some growing pains with the Pro 3s. They've had some Wi-Fi issues, um, and which they're working on. They say we're, there's an update coming in a few weeks to continue to address the Wi-Fi issue, but that's typical growing pains with any piece of hardware. I mean, even when Surface RT first came out, Jim, you remember, there were issues, and it had its growing pains and stuff, and Surface 2 had its share of issues, but they've really become very tweaked in great pieces of hardware. And I think Surface Pro 3 is going to do the same exact thing. So, the uh, you know, if, if I had the money to spend on it right now, I'd probably be all over Surface Pro 3 if they were offering us a great deal. That you know, that'd be very tempting. Um, but uh, you know, I yeah, splurged and got no, my Xbox exactly One last month. So. I you know I saved some money and I was hoping they'd give us a break and then yeah. I would you know the the difference would I'd pay the difference but at this point man that it's it's a tough for mm -hmm. me it's tough to cover for the the remainder on well, that well, you're so. looking at fourteen hundred dollars or so right just to get it and the keyboard for the i5 yeah I think. yeah so it it is an expensive device there's no doubt about it it is premium device too I'll give it that I mean if you've used the surfaces before so you know the quality of them and, and how well they are. And Microsoft stands behind them. I, one a fellow MVP of mine, Sean uh, Keen, uh, he was on Twitter and, and everything, Lieutenant Commander Keen on Twitter, he had a Surface Pro 3 that wouldn't dual boot. He could not boot from USB. He t and he's had it for a while. He took it back to the store and they swapped him out for a brand new one. Hmm. So they're definitely supporting the hardware. So Yeah, yeah. Well, I was hoping... I was hoping to have one in my hands by the time we came back from from uh, Summit. That was my hope. I have to. I still have to see. I may. I may still just save and wait for it. And yeah, I hear you. And, and who knows? We might get surprised. There might be something. Uh, that's why I'm holding hope. <laughs> outside hope. Now. Hey, one of the things I was trying to get back to while we were talking about the Surface, and by the way, if you're if you're new to my show, we have a, a whole Surface show on the Geeks Network. So if you if you head over to surfacegeeks.net. Uh, Dave does uh, does a show around the Surface and Windows Phone, so don't forget about that as well. We've moved most of that off of my show and onto his at this point, so we're making an exception here. You know, I'm, I'm a Windows 
MVP, so I can talk about this here, and I want to talk about it here. We have gotten away from Windows on this program, but uh, just a little bit, just not talking about it all the time. There was a day, Rich, we talked about it all the time here, <laughs> and uh, and I'll actually, if you're if you're knee deep in it, I'll actually recommend your podcast as well because oh, you cover you. it. You cover it very, very well. One of the options, one of the new options is we talk about some things that were coming, and I was trying to get to that window, the Windows update. It seems broken at this point. I may have to reboot that PC. But that's the fast and slow options now on the the 60-bit. So that's in that Windows update and recovery, right? Yeah, it's update and recovery. What what they've done with 9860 in Microsoft, uh, and I, I shared a picture of this. They have it on one of the blogs, and I just closed those blogs, but... In 9860, they're giving Windows insiders, people who have signed up to get the technical preview, an option to either update at a normal pace, which they've labeled slow, or a fast pace. And and when Microsoft tests Windows, the way they do it now is they have a small group of people who test the initial build that that gets is marked in whatever method they use. The build is ready for testing. Their computers get a prompt for it, it gets downloaded, and they get the new build, and then they start working on it. If there's no showstopper bugs, then it goes to a slightly large, they call them rings, it goes to a slightly larger ring of people. And then if it passes through that ring of people, it then hits a third ring of people. All this is within the Windows Operating Systems Group at Microsoft. And then um, Windows Insiders were in that fourth ring of people. So it had to go through three levels of testing a build did before that build was said okay to go to the insider. So 9860 for instance. 9860 however long ago got that small group, got pushed out to the slightly larger group and then the Windows operating systems group and then to us as Windows insiders. Well what they're talking about doing is adding another ring in between the Windows operating systems group and the insiders where you'll get builds that won't be necessarily going to insiders or you'll get them early, so you can really get newer. Kind of, it's when you go breaking kind of builds like that, you run the risk of having issues. And and I got to reiterate this. And I know John, as a server guy, knows this. Previews are previews. They break things. They don't work. You can have problems, and you could risk losing your data. It's why they tell you don't put it on a, a what do they call it? Um, Oh, what's the term they use? A production system. Don't put it on a production system. Uh, a lot of people have. I've read it on Twitter. A lot of people have gone full-blown Windows 10. That's risk. They're running a risk of losing their data. It, it, now, the nice thing we have with OneDrive, we have syncing data between computers, and it's fairly, quote-unquote, safe, but it is risky business. I mean, people saw that with Windows Phone. Remember when Windows Phone 8 got the 8.1 and some they didn't push it because of the... Um, Bit, bit locker issue with mm-hmm. some devices and people had to reset to go back to 8 to get the 8.1 update when it finally came out because they hadn't fixed that. Same thing applies here so you have to be careful but Windows insiders get a choice now to get inside one more ring level and get builds on a slightly faster pace than normal than what was in fastest relative. Three weeks right. from one build to another to me that's yeah. unreal. Yeah, I that's slow. I hate to see what fast is. We got builds that often. When I was on Vista and Windows 7, I don't think we got beta builds once, but every two months or so, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's unreal how quickly they're giving us stuff. Hang tight for me one second. I know John's got to bail and go pick up a okay. son. Got yeah. any final thoughts before, as we cut you off? Any final thoughts that you've got on the preview? The only thing I would say is I, I noticed, I did hear uh, that once you get to 9860, some people were having issues with some kind of. Uh, 
letters. You know, every other letter was missing or some text yeah. was missing on the screen. So, like, right away, even though it's it just came out, go to Windows Update, you know, go to the updates and, and this, download, uh, see if there's some updates there. That would there be is. Advice. There's a fix for that, actually. Cool. There you go. Okay, nice chatting with you guys. Uh, John, thanks for Take jumping in, man. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Rich, I've got just a few minutes left oh, myself, I and I'm going to actually bring that. I'm going to bring, bring that, that box back, back in. in. Hold on, I there we go. Um, because it it did fail on me uh, at this point when we were trying to get into those update and recovery settings. Let me share the screen so you don't have okay. to see my ugly mug twice. It's bad enough as it is. Let's switch it over over here. Hold on. We'll minimize. Uh, we'll minimize Chrome. Let's see if we're back. So I wanted to show that update and recovery. And when, when I did this the last time, so I should be able to go to recovery options. Good. It's working again, right? So this is full screen with that. So what happened the last time, whatever we did, and all that stuff we were clicking and moving yeah. around, something went wrong. Okay. And when I tried to go into the recovery again, it was broke. Again, it's a build, right? This is an early test build. That's right. Um, but this is that preview, those preview builds there, and here's the new option, right? Choose That's how right. fast yeah. you like new preview builds. Set slow by default. Yeah, uh, but I think I'm going to change mine. Um, to I fast. set mine to fast. I want to see, and and there's nothing there now. But so what that basically does is it steps you in one circle in towards the the more frequent builds of Windows 10. So there might be, there's probably a build or two a day that gets done and uh, compiled in the operating system group. I remember uh, they did some pictures or videos showing the servers that do that kind of stuff. But so you have the option to get in a little closer to those quicker builds and then if you if you don't want to run that risk then you don't I think I ran a little poll on my website and right now it's running about 70 percent of people said they're gonna jump on the fast that are testing Windows 10 mm -hmm. people want to see new stuff I mean I that's why there's a million people that have downloaded and signed up for Windows Insider already people love seeing new stuff uh, people, I, that's what I was so envious about before I became an MVP or a beta tester even. I, I used to be very envious of the guys who were beta testing Windows because they got to see the cool stuff before it was out. Right. And then I got on betas myself. Of course, my first beta was Windows Vista, which was not a real good, pleasant experience. <laughs> no, not at all. Bad, and then it got reset. But um, And then Windows 7 was very different. The beta was not a private beta, it was a public preview, and Windows 10 is the same thing, and this is the thing about Windows 10. A lot of people might have read some stories last week about Windows 10 being a keylogger. There was this, because of the terms of service, when you sign up to be a preview person for Microsoft with Windows 10, you're basically agreeing to allow them to collect telemetry from your system about how you use Windows 10, how Windows 10 runs, what hardware it's on, all these kind of things. And plus, as you saw, we talked about in the interface, you get asked questions every once in a while about how you like doing that or, or didn't like doing that. Well, first off, Windows 10 is not doing key logging. It's not logging every keystroke you do. Um, Windows 10 is doing, um, will report telemetry and report data to Microsoft for how you use the system and how things, how we physically, it's why they made the changes they said they made in Windows 8. Um, if you roll down, um, go down to the one, just scroll down the page a little bit, um, and it is the, uh, there you go, the build process. That's Windows at 10 technical preview. I'm pointing at the screen as if you can see me, sorry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, this was the post I did 
after installing 9860 to kind of walk through what that physical process was like. And like I mentioned earlier, the thing that kind of caught me off guard was this dark moment on my computer after the first reboot. There was no screens, the computer lights were on, and my disk drive, there you go, those are perfect. The slow build ring and the fast build ring. So if you open up the second image there, yeah, there you go, because this shows both of them. Um, so you can see Canary or daily builds. After Canary validates a, a build, it goes out to the operating system group. Then once they validate it, it goes out to Microsoft. Anybody in Microsoft can connect to the, the you know, servers there on Microsoft campus and get that build of Windows 10. And before, it used to be um, another element of testing that would happen, but now the Windows Insiders Fast will get it after the Microsoft group does, and then once it's validated through us, it will go out to the people who choose to go slow and get slower builds. So the Insider Fast may see different builds that that eventually will that won't necessarily go to the slow folks. So it's a little riskier. There's a, there's a chance there for things to be a little more unstable, but you can see it's gone through two or three rings of testing before it hits that level. So it will be a fairly solid build. And if you go read the blogging Windows blog, they're blogging there about the the issues or known issues and things you might run into problems. Again, this is not a People are using it as a daily driver. Don't get me wrong. I'm using it on it as a daily driver, but it's not my only system. You know, I've got a backup in case it right. goes too hard, especially if it's a production system. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. It's impressive, though. I got to tell you. You know, after two years of Windows 8 and 8.1, watching them update these apps on a weekly basis now on phone, on desktop, it's a Microsoft we just have never seen before. And this process they're using to do in-build upgrades and updates like they did from 9841 to 9860 is the future of how we're going to update Windows. Windows 10 is the last significant release of Windows, according to Microsoft. And all we will see from that point forward are incremental updates. And so we won't have to be getting used to a whole new interface. And this is the interface that Microsoft has bet the bank on. This is what we'll see on Xbox, phone, Internet of Thing devices that are two inches of screen all the way up to the great big perceptive pixel uh, screens, you know, the 80-inchers. Uh, and it, it, it's quite amazing to see this happening. And you know what? The public is buying that because think of today's in Microsoft's financial earnings. Uh, there's my wife saying hello. Oh, very nice. Um, the, <laughs> um, uh, it really threw you off, didn't it? People are buying this. They... People want, the, again, it's the same thing we yeah. felt doing betas and before we right. got into betas and people were doing betas. People love to be on the cutting edge, and these, that's what folks are embracing about this Windows 10. I think that's why there's so many people, and there's so many people involved in it. I mean, it's just unreal. It's, it, could this have happened under Steve Ballmer? No. I don't think so either. No, no I, 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 think I think Satya Nadella was the opportunity to kind of break with the old school and take it in a whole new direction, and it's yeah. amazing. And when you listen to those financials today about how Xbox One is doing and Xbox in general, uh, Surface is already profitable. It took Xbox like six years to become profitable. Surface is already there. And there's Microsoft building hardware to highlight and feature its OSs now. Yeah, so, no, I, I think it's just, they're moving at just speeds we have never seen before. So it used to be every three years before an OS came out. 
I know, I know. It's so it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. I'm excited about this build and Windows 10 itself. We're expecting it sometime next October. And then after the first of the year, they're going to implement some of the consumer aspect of things. This an early stuff is built towards pulling towards enterprise, but we should see Continuum and the consumer side of things, more touch enhancements come in the new year. Very cool. Well, Rich, thanks for taking an hour well, with me. I appreciate it. If I ask you to come back in in January, maybe we should time that for the release of of the, you know of some of the consumer preview. Sure. Yeah, and, and let's get a couple weeks. I like getting a couple weeks into it because you really, you know, those launch night's cool, but you don't know yeah, anything, right? But you don't I, know much, yeah. I like going two or three weeks after the fact. So I'll stay in touch with you, and we'll Sounds figure out like a way to bring you back in here in January, uh, early February sometime, and talk through that. But you uh, you did a great job of covering everything. This is the best overview we've done on Windows in a long time on this and of course you can catch all of Rich's work over at Windows Observer all one word windowsobserver.com it's got a podcast as well I'd recommend if you're a listener of this show you'll like that one as well and so you'll want to head out get that downloaded get that subscribed and listen to it as well I've got to rush off and get to another podcast in Australia I will remind you though use our Amazon links if you get a chance amazon.com slash the average oh, I'm sorry <laughs> the average guy.tv no the other one won't get you there TheAverageGuy.tv slash Amazon or TheAverageGuy.tv slash Amazon CA gets you uh, John Zadler, the guy that was just here. Yeah, we're funding some stuff through that affiliate link for him so he can buy it and hack it. So if you're in Canada, don't. if you're in the U.S., don't do this, okay, because it won't work. You can't buy Canadian stuff in the U.S. Only Canadian residents, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Amazon CA. You guys should remember that. Those proceeds will go to John Zadler, and he's going to hack on stuff as well. This is a reminder if you're a podcaster and you're interested uh, in, in watching us uh, on Saturday mornings, 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern, Ask the Podcast Coach, Dave Jackson and myself just talking about how to do podcasting yeah, and great all show. the things that go into it. So it's always a fun thing to do. Rich, thanks again. And with that, yeah, we'll call it a wrap. with you again, Jim. Thanks. Bet good see We're going to see you in a week. Uh, that's yeah, in about a week yeah. and a half. We'll see you in yeah. Seattle. Some no, we'll, we'll see you in Seattle for sure. We'll make sure that uh, we get together for some good chats. And I'm, I'm, I'll be interested in seeing the rig that you bring as far as podcasting goes. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Maybe spend some time getting, uh, getting an interview from you. Superb. All right, sounds good. Thanks for coming out tonight, guys. Uh, that'll be it. Remember, you can catch us live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv/live. Good night, everybody.